Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 1, Enemies. Oh man, we made it to a new season. Again. Hey. I don't know why that's so exciting every time. It is. <laughs> because like, it, we're, we're, we're doing it. I mean, we're in Season 5. This is like... After we go through this whole thing, we're going to have to go back and like quiz ourselves on season one. Again. I will quiz you because I will get them all right. So I will have to make up a quiz for you. And I won't know. We'll have to go back and look at the things that we voted on or something. Yes. Um, which, speaking of voting, before we get into season five, would you like the results of the season four wrap up polls that were up on uh, Twitter and Instagram? Oh, yeah. People actually wrote in. Hey. Yes. We have some votes. We have votes. Okay. So the best episode per character, uh, we had both said chain reaction for Hammond and nine of 11 people agree that yes, chain reaction is the best Hammond episode. Oh, okay. No comments on what the other vote would be? No, because it was just yes or no. It was just Mm -hmm. yes or no. All right. Uh, The best Jack episode with a score of nine to two window of opportunity congratulations to you for tilk with a score of six to five also window of opportunity which that one was interesting so crossroads got five votes on twitter and window of opportunity got one vote on twitter but on the instagram poll window of opportunity got five votes to crossroads zero so instagram users Like window of opportunity more than Twitter users did, apparently. All right. Okay. That's an interesting statistic. Yes. So for the best Sam episode with eight votes to one, small victories. Woohoo! So like you've been sweeping like these, that's this, the best episodes here. It's Yay. kind of annoying. Uh, <laughs> Only so far. We don't know. We don't know. Um, so then for Daniel... Uh, with four votes to three, the first ones is the best Daniel episode. Yay. So. What were uh, huh? the options? Did we agree on that one? Yeah, we agreed on that one. So it's like, is the first one the best Daniel episode, yes or no? And okay. uh, four of seven people said yes. Woo. Uh The best otherworldly beings, we both thought it was Martin. So uh, seven votes to two, seven votes to two votes say yes. It is Martin. Yay. Uh, the best villain. I finally win one with the Eurondins of eight votes to two. <laughs> People didn't find Daniel's assistance as creepy as me. <laughs> uh, only two people did. I'm sorry to say. Sorry. That's okay, though. That's okay. He is. Um, that he's not haunting their dreams. Yes. Unlike you. Unlike your yeah. dreams, apparently. Yes. Yes. Um, the best foreign territory title that went to the Polish window of opportunity. That was just loop. Okay. Uh, the best fight. Yes, it is Jack versus Jack. That was another like, yes or no question. Um, and then the best hero moment. You win that one with Sam and small victory being the dumbest smart person with five votes to four. Dumbest smart person in the room. Yeah. So congratulations, Rachel. You kind of swept that. Season four was my season. Apparently, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone who voted with my brain. Do what you, you don't know is secretly I have like 12 Instagram accounts and I just went on and I voted. 
with myself. Uh, <laughs> it was actually to tell me. Uh, okay, I, I see how. Okay, I'm going to have to watch who's voting a lot more closely then. <laughs> Who is Bachel? That's so, hold on. So those are the results of season four. Uh, we'll have another poll, more, well, more polls up, you know, for season five, as we have been doing. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. fun. I like them. <laughs> Did anyone actually comment on uh, ridiculous categories that we should add much like best sandwich no not yet i did come up with one for season five which we'll have to talk about offline but i think it would be good for season five. okay all right cool all right all right so speaking of season five shall we get into it let's do this was a good one there was a lot a lot going on here yes Okay, so again, this is Enemies. It originally aired on June 29th, 2001, which is about four months after the season four finale. Uh, It was written by Jim Malazzi and Paul Molly, who wrote the season four finale as well, directed by Martin Wood. And on the commentary, we have Martin Wood and James Titchener, visual effects supervisor. Oh, yay. Oh, just the two of them, huh? Okay. Yep, just those two. Yeah. All right. So in this episode, barely escaping a destructive supernova, SG-1 is surprised to learn that Tilk also survived and is now under the mind control of the maniacal Apophis. Will SG-1 be able to rescue Tilk from the clutches of Apophis, or will they perish trying? Oh man, that gave away the whole, like, twist. And, well, you know, it's the, if, if you've gotten here, you've already watched the episode, so I don't think the summary... Well, that really well, comes as a surprise. Surprised that the summary does it because usually it's like, "Will they survive?" Probably well, because this, you're in the I next mean, episode. But will they? Well, <laughs> of course they will. It's it's SG one. That's what they do. They survive. As as General Hammond very rightly points out in this episode, SG one mm-hmm. are surprisingly hard to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, just as sort of a blanket thing on on the commentary, this episode is just like chock full of visual effects like almost every shot has some kind of visual effect in it um so it was like really interesting to hear like even bits you think might not think or had visual effects like were and like how they put it together and stuff and there's one part near the end where it was it was two things that were like shot on like two completely different days on completely different sound stages that they like because of what the visual effects were doing like cut it all together and stuff so oh that's interesting i look forward to hearing about that yes um and then the other thing in the commentary was like about the ships because this this episode takes place mainly just on gold motherships um of which there is one single set with three hallways and like that is it that is the entirety of the mother of the mothership sets yeah i often kind of wondered like if we were to imagine what had like the size of a mothership in something you could actually wrap your brain around. Is it like the size of a skyscraper? Is it as big as a football field? Is it, how do you, how does your brain break down the enormousness of a mothership? It is just large enough to fit on top of the Great Pyramid of Giza. And I've never been there or looked up how large it actually is. So I've only seen it in a photo. Yeah. It's, I always get I first I always get surprised when you see pictures and it's just like Cairo and like the pyramids are just like right there. Like they're not way oh. off in the desert. They're just like right there. Uh, yeah, like it's in the middle of downtown. Kind of Yeah, like, kind know, of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is something that I found really fascinating also. Yeah. 
So yeah, so they talk about like, you know, the different things they did for like lighting and set decoration to differentiate. This is Apophis's mothership versus like the Cronus mothership that SG-1 has control of and stuff. So if you're interested in things like that, go listen to the commentary. There was actually a lot of very interesting stuff about like the sort of technical side of this episode. Did they there. switch out all the symbols on the wall to uh, <laughs> the no, tiny so, font of the symbols? They chose no. a different font on a Apophis' ship. <laughs> So the difference is um, Cronus's ship has that like grating over the walls, like that gold, like steel, like grating over the walls uh, that gets taken off the wall when it's Apophis. So it's just that textured surface. Uh, and also Apophis has those, those braziers with the, the fires in them. And also it was lit red because, you know, at the time when we were on there, there was the self-destruct. So it's that sort of warning light thing happening there so, right yeah plus apophis now is going for a red theme yes i kind of so, i, I kind of like the armor with that like wash of like red along the edges it's very stylish i know but it it now that we've talked about it and we talk about it infrequently well in a frequent manner enough to notice Every single time they do that, I can't help but being like, okay, so who designed that? Who was the gold that was like, we're going for a little bit more red. We're going to go with a little bit, you know, not like red, but like just like a little grading, you know, from gradient, from like the gray to the red to show like still the old Apophis, but like updated, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) sort of meaning is that. And there's one scene where they experimented with all of the Jaffa wearing lipstick and then apparently decided against it because <laughs> don't see it again. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also Tilt is the only one who wears eyeshadow. Like no other Jaffa wears eyeshadow. Have you noticed? It's only Tilk. So that really is just like a Tilk thing. The eyeshadow apparently. and the gold head. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's Tilk yeah. fashion. Apparently Tilk's, Tilk's a very stylish dude. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> all right. Well, should we actually talk about the episode? Now? Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. So we pretty much pick up like right where season four ended with SG one and Jacob on one ship and Apophis's massive mothership nearby. Uh, they're able to detect that Apophis starts charging his weapons and there's really nothing SG one can do. They're just like dead in the water. The shield, the hyperdrive are both down. Nathaniel's like, can we talk to him? And they're like, why? And he's like, maybe just ask him not to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> which is just such a Daniel thing. Um, so Selmak calls over and introduces himself as the commander of the ship, which, which for some reason Jack objects to, but also not right now, Jack. There's a little bigger problems than who's presenting themselves as the commander of the ship. Apophis postures as the ghoul do, and Daniel's like, hey, have you noticed we're really in the middle of nowhere? But Apophis, of course, doesn't care. It's just it's time for them to die. So mm-hmm. Daniel's like, we Finally. surrender. Yes. So Daniel's just like, we surrender. And Jack's like, uh, no. He's like, yeah, I mean, maybe we could buy some time at least if, you know, we surrender maybe. But no, too late. Time to die as we cut to the opening credits. I do love this attitude from Apophis that at no point in time has he ever thinking anything other than, no, no, you need to die now. Like, finally, like, I'm going to kill you. Yes. I tried to kill you like eight times already. Yeah, I don't care where we are. I don't care that we're stranded. You're going to die. Yes. Okay, so come back from the credits. And, like, for some reason, Apophis still hasn't fired yet. And, like, he and he still hasn't fired yet. And Jack's like, what? Why is he waiting? Like, what's going on? 
You can tell he's just like, is it time for us to explode yet? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then finally, Apophis does fire, but like past SG-1, like completely misses them. Like, what? And they're like, what's going on? And uh, there's another ship that appears out of nowhere, starts firing on Apophis. And it's definitely not a ghoul ship. Like, we have not seen a ship that looks like this from any of the races that we know that have ships. Like, it's not uh, an Asgard ship. It's just, this is a weird new thing. And so, yes. So, Jacob, like, the the sublight engines still work. So, Jacob's like, I'm going to go over there out of the way while they keep shooting at each other. Um, And... While it's cool that, you know, that ship is shooting at Apophis, they have no idea who that ship is, if they're friend or foe, if they're going to then turn their weapons on the ship that SG-1 is on. Who knows what's going on? So Jacob's like, I'm going to move us closer to the blue giant that's, like, at the center of this star system and to, like, hide from all of their radars in the radiation from said blue giant. So... I looked up what a blue giant is because I was like, okay, so what, like, what, why is a star a blue giant? Like, what makes it a blue giant? So, what point in time of the star blow upiness yes. is a blue giant? Yes. Yes. So, blue giant is actually sort of near the end of a star's life when, I mean, it's still got like 10 million years, but you know, in the scope of how long stars burn, it's like near the end of its life. Um, and it becomes blue because it starts burning up the the hydrogen at a very rapid rate and then after it runs out of hydrogen then it starts burning helium which turns it into a red giant and then it explodes and is dead then so ah. it's sort of like blue giant red giant dead star so got it yeah dead no more star no more star um so jacob gets them in space in the he calls so he keeps referencing something called a corona sphere which that's not a thing stars have a corona and a chromosphere, but the coronasphere is not a thing. So I don't know where this word came from. I, I, I'm like, I was like pretty sure this was right. And like, I actually found like, you know, a diagram of the various layers of a sun or like a star and yeah, coronasphere is not a thing. So I don't, but I don't he know where said this it was purpose. So I know. You know that's usually half the battle when you're talking yes. is confidence, conviction in yes. the techno babble. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good news. They are hidden from everybody's radar. Bad news. This also means that their radar doesn't really work. So they won't know if someone's waiting for them after they get like the ship back up and like running. So uh, they've got about an hour with the shields down uh, as they are before the radiation starts becoming harmful. But if they can get the shield fixed, that should be about 10 hours. So Jacob and Sam head down to start working on getting everything like back up and running. And Jack's like, start with the shields first. And it's like, yeah, of, yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. Yep. Sure. Got right. gotcha, Jack. Yep. They get down to, you know, the engine room or whatever, where all the crystals are. And Sam's worried about Tilk, but they also have worse problems because while they do get the shields back up and running. So yay. Good for that. Woo-hoo. The hyperdrive crystals are completely fried again because they've already had to repair the hyperdrive once, and so they've used up all the backup hyperdrive crystals. So that's not so good. Also then, did you wonder to yourself, why why in the world do they only have one set of backups? A little bit. I think it's just, you know, that the ego 
that like the Gould and the Toka have, like, of course we'll be fine. Why do we why do we even need one backup? I mean, we'll be yeah. fine. No Man. Uh, so back with Jack and Daniel, uh, Jack does not want to talk about what happened on Borash, uh, except to say that they were ambushed and he really should have seen it coming. And Daniel tries to like placate him by saying, well, the purpose of an ambush is that you don't see it coming. True. So, but that kind of, that doesn't really help Jack's feelings of guilt that he's trying to hide very well. Uh, and I just, I really like this scene because it's the sort of, this is a very sort of action flashbang episode and this is just a really nice just sort of character moment between these two people it is nice when they get to throw those in yes so back at the sgc there is an incoming wormhole from the tokra we see three of them arrive and the one in charge introduces herself as renal uh hammond shows them up to his office so they can talk about like what's happened since this whole exploding the sun plan and Renal is able to confirm to Hammond that the star did explode as planned and that Apophis's fleet was destroyed. They did detect a single escape pod being jettisoned from the ship prior to the big explosion. Uh, they think it's Apophis himself, probably actually Tanith. Uh, and they did spot what they call two distortions that were that we know were SG-1 and Apophis entering hyperspace. But she, she seems sure that those ships did not survive. Like the blast wave still caught them, even if they managed to get into hyperspace. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So the Tok'ra are calling Selmak a fallen war hero. Uh, Hammond's not quite there yet with SG-1. <laughs> They're quite resilient. Um, but she does say that, like, whatever happened with SG-1 and Selmak and all of that, the Tok'ra are very grateful for their actions because the power vacuum that the absolute decimation of uh, Apophis's fleet has created will has basically created like a power vacuum that will keep all of the rest of the system lords like in fighting for many many years to come so oh fantastic they're just gonna keep fighting each other now yep so Sam and Jacob are not having any luck fixing the hyperdrive Jack radios down that it's starting to get a little hot up there so Sam and Jacob head back up to the Peltac and bad news like the hyperdrive is completely tough it cannot be fixed so they do have weapons and shields, though, so that's good. So time to sort of head out from the uh, protective layer of the radiation of the star and good call. See, see, see what has happened out there. And so they get out there. They see Apophis' ship. The other ship is not on the sensors. Also, Apophis' ship isn't moving. And also, also there are no life signs on board. And this, is, this is a very strange situation. So Jacob maneuvers them closer to Apophis' ship as they've decided to ring over to check out the situation and see if they can maybe either fix his ship because it's better than theirs or salvage some crystals to fix their own hyperdrive and get out of there on their ship. So uh, it's uh, Sam, Jack, and Jacob head over and Daniel stays on board the Cronus ship. So I guess there can be somebody there for, you know, sensors and everything like that. So. Uh, when they get over to Apophis's ship, there is an automated message indicating that the self-destruct has been set and they have four minutes. So Jack and Sam head off to grab some crystals and Jacob's going to see if he can turn off the self-destruct. So if you were to enter a ship that mm-hmm. immediately has all of the alarms raised and the self-destruct going with four minutes left, would you be like, all right, cool, we got to work fast? Or were you, would, would you be like, just, nope, I'm just going <laughs> to 
I mean, in this in this situation with their ship being dead in the water, I'd probably take a couple minutes to poke around because you're you're kind of screwed either way. And if if there's something useful there, you take a couple minutes to look around. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So I would uh, be of the mind to be like, nope, this is not working. But then, of course. That definitely means I would not be hired on an SG team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, Jack and Sam are running through the halls. And at one point, Sam goes, it's this way, sir. And Jack's like, how do you know where to go? Which is a good point because all of the halls look exactly the same. And because they are the same. <laughs> because, <they're, laughs> because there's only three hallways. Uh, <laughs> So apparently Sam knows exactly where to go because she got to study the specs of this ship while they were just like chilling on Borash for a while. So cool. Uh, They turn one corner in the hall and they find some possibly dead Jaffa. Uh, Jack approaches to check as Sam covers him. And yes, they're dead. Wait, that was the moment where we actually got a you go girl out of Jack, wasn't it? Uh... Yes, he made some sort of quip uh, of like, yeah. you find that fun? And she's like, I'm not having fun. And he's like, you go, girl. Oh, yeah. Study, yeah, studying the, 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 the specs of the ship. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Da, 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 da. Uh, oh, okay. So Sam goes, I studied the Toker specs of the ship while we were on Forash. Jack goes, you know how to have a good time, don't you? And Sam says, I'm having a good time right now, sir. And then that's when Jack says, you go, girl. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I like those little things in there that just little quips. Yes. That feel Um, like improv. They may or may not have been. But either way, they're fun. Yes. That that line did not get pointed out in the commentary. So that I could not tell you if it was improv. All right. Okay. So we got a bunch of dead Jaffa on the ground. And then there's a noise. A very familiar and very unpleasant noise. Hey, guess what? It's the replicators. Ah. Dang it, they're still alive. Yes. Well, but we're in a completely different galaxy, so, you know. We, we got them out of ours, but who knows what galaxy this is that they've taken <sighs> over, so. Man. It's just like sci-fi to bring things back from the dead, like, all the time. Well, I mean, Apophis has been back from the dead how many times? <laughs> All the time. All the times. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, so they radio to Jacob that, like, they need to get off the ship. And he very easily agrees because the camera cuts over to him. And the Peltac is just, like, crawling with replicators. So, yeah, this, the ba- this, bad si- this, this situation is worse than we thought it was. Uh, so Daniel calls over the radio like, hey, like, what's going on? Where are you guys? And so they let him know what's going on and that Daniel's going to have to fly their ship away as soon as they're back on board so they can get it because they're not able to turn off the self-destruct. So Apophis' huge-ass mothership is going to go a very big kablooey very soon. And Daniel's like, well, Jacob, you're going to have to tell me how to do that. So, yep. yep. Um, so we're now down to, like, three minutes in the self-destruct for Sam and Jack to get the crystals and meet him back at the ring room. Um, so now we have this, this is one of my favorite like shots slash scenes in the whole series. This, this one here where we get Jacob, Whoa. like running down the hall at the ring. Like, did you notice this was like a one shot? 
this whole thing. Not so, really. I should pay better attention to these. Okay, go on. So we see, so Jacob's like running down the hall, like past the ring room. Sam and Jack aren't there. He's like, you guys got one minute, hurry up. And he continues running down the hall. And then we see Sam and Jack come running towards him around the corner, firing at the replicators that are following them, like the ceiling and the floors and everywhere. And Sam yells to activate the rings as we, the camera goes into the ring room, like into the rings. So we're like inside the rings now at this point. Jacob pushes the buttons. Jack comes in, comes sliding across the floor into the rings at the very last second. We stay inside the rings and like watch them, you know, dematerialize and then rematerialize back on their own ship and then head out. And that's all one shot. I mean, that was a pretty cool shot. Yeah. 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 I mean, technically the, you know, inside the rings and then getting out of the rings is not, but it's, you know, it looks like it's all one shot. And I just think it's really cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're back on their ship. They've got the crystals. Jacob radios for Daniel to like, go, like, go, go, go. So he's doing his best, but he's not quite sure if they're going to be able to get out of range of the huge self-destruct explosion that's going to happen if the replicators don't manage to shut it off. And then there's some arguing and Jack's like, you're all being too negative. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like, okay. Let's have some joy in this, shall we? Um, And then uh, Apophis' ship does explode. So Daniel gets out of the way so Jacob can shut down the engines, redirect all of the power that they have to the shield, which... For some reason, the ship stops moving when they shut off the engine, but it should keep moving because that's how things work in space. But uh, TV, I get it. <laughs> but, you know, things, things should keep moving because space. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no gravity or friction, air resistance or anything. So, but anyway, it's the TV thing, but they get all the power to the shields. It works. They're fine. And then Jack and Jacob have a little spat about Jacob saying they're not going to make it. And Jack's like, but we did make it. And maybe Jacob shouldn't be so pessimistic next time they're in like some sort of dire situation to which Jacob goes and blow the last chance I might ever have to be right. And meanwhile, you can see Sam in the background laughing. And as they leave, Sam's just like, welcome to my life. (laughs) Did you have a split second moment where like oh in another lifetime that totally could have been like a father-in-law moment like oh <laughs> uh, uh, I actually did no, no. I did I did like, I mean because you know my feelings on that subject so well, I know but I thought in that moment like in that instance I was like oh that would have been such a cute father-in-law moment but no no not not for me no hmm. well alrighty then <laughs> who's with me huh Okay, so Jacob and Sam are fixing the hyperdrive when Daniel radios down to them. There's another ship on the sensors, and they're like, oh, my God, what now? So they go up to see what's going on, and it's a cargo ship. So Jacob, you know, calls to that ship, and is the whole I'm Selmac, commander of the ship, which Jack still doesn't like, but me. And we get the image pops up on the screen, and oh, my God, it's Tilk! Yay! Tilk, he's alive, he's safe. He and a few other Jaffa who are sort of allied with their cause managed to escape before the replicators completely took over Apophis's ship. So they open the cargo bay doors to let them in and then head down to greet them. So Yay, and he's looking very exhausted at the time. He died. he looked so tired, yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently the camera was like four inches away from Christopher Judge's face while when they filmed like his side of that. It kind of looked like it. Yeah. Did anyway, very much yeah. look like it was like 
on his forehead. Yes. <laughs> so they get down there. Tilk's sort of like already out in the hall. Jack, you know, they do the whole manly handshake, hug, slap on the back thing when Tilk suddenly shoves Jack away as he grabs his pistol and points it at them. And then other Jaffa come from around the corner with their weapons at the ready. It's like, what's going on? And then out steps Apophis. <gasps> Apparently, Tilk is his first prime again. Oh, surprise! I'm sorry. What? Surprise! What? A. Why can't Apophis just die? B. Tilk. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Well, Apophis definitely is like the cockroach that just will not die. <laughs> soon, though. Soon, soon. And takes everyone down with him. Yeah. Uh, so SG One get escorted to like a like a just like a cargo room uh and jack seems to think that this is sort of like a ruse on tilk's part and he's like doing the whole double agent thing and jack's like tell me when you're ready to spring the trap but uh no apparently this is not a ruse because tilk just like backhands jack in the face which and had to have been fun to film at one point apparently christopher judge did actually connect with richard dean anderson's face okay <laughs> which if, if you if you've seen the size of christopher judge's arms that that had to hurt. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Jack and Daniel then speak up, like, and try to convince Tilk that this isn't real, that like he's been brainwashed. But apparently, Tilk has been so thoroughly brainwashed that he tells them he's disgusted at his own actions over the last four years, at like saving their lives all the time when he wished he could just let them die, and then you know, basically locks him in the room heads off, and then orders the other Jaffa to start unloading the stuff from the cargo ship as they head about their Jaffa duties, whenever those are at this point. And what's the quip that Daniel's like, hey, do you remember when uh, they brainwashed your son? Mm-hmm. Maybe think about that. And like, yeah. I, whenever he says stuff like that, I'm always wondering, do you actually think that that's going to work? I Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe like they're hoping... Was supposed to go, Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess maybe hoping that the brainwashing isn't too deep yet and there's something of, like, the act, the real tilt, just hanging on by a sliver that they can reach out to. No. Pull him back out. I don't know. No. No. Mm. <laughs> Comedy gold, that one. Yes. So uh, Jack just starts kind of pressing the buttons at random on the control panel by the door to try and get the door to open. Obviously, that doesn't work. So he asks Sam if she can hotwire it. And she starts to explain that there's probably some sort of safety mechanism against uh, doing just that sort of thing. But but yes, sir. Yes, she can give it a go. Mm -hmm. What did she say? Like they wouldn't be stupid enough to leave us in here with that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so we then see two Jaffa like offloading their cargo and like putting it in storage. And as they set down a crate, we then go back into the room and like zoom into the top of the crate where we see it slowly dissolve as if being eaten away from the inside. <gasps> Damn it. No. Fun fact, this was a practical effect. So the the crate, like the lid, was made of styrofoam, and apparently there was just some sort of like hose nozzle situation on the inside that uh, squirted gasoline at it, and like gasoline dissolves styrofoam. Hmm. So, practical effect. Yay. Ooh, I love it. 
Me too. Which is also good for later. Um, so then we also get a quick shot of like Jacob sneaking around trying to avoid the Jaffa as they take, uh, we see them moving like Apophis's sarcophagus, uh, to its resting place. And I, I, as I typed that note, I typed Apophis's sarcophaguses. Or Apophis's sarcophagi. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh. Uh, so up on the Peltac, a course has been plotted for Delmac. This is the planet that Natu orbited and is sort of Apophis's new base. Like that's where Sokar was. And when Apophis killed Sokar and took over everything there back in mm. the beginning of season four. Right. So uh, Tilk then comes in back in his like full first prime garb with like the cape and everything. And like kneels before Apophis, which is just gross. And I don't like it. And yeah. uh, Apophis commands him to find Jacob. So off tilt goes to do that. Back with SG1, Sam is still fiddling with like the crystals for the door control and trying not to be too pessimistic, but the chances are low she'll actually be able to get the door open as the door opens. Uh, but it's because Jacob found them. And, and now Tilk has found Jacob. And so now everybody's prisoners together. The, band, the band's back together, but they're, they're prisoners. Uh, and then Tilk takes a staff blast. To the control panel inside the room. So, well, that's that's not good now. Yeah. Uh, then and this the is scene, where... Well, the scene on the other side of the door when he leaves them is the one part where they experiment with lipstick. Oh, is oh is this where it was? Okay. Yeah. And then it, you never see it again. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> that reminds me. Um, we just watched... Um, there's this other podcast, ladies and new called Fix It. Um, and they just did the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie this week. And okay. so, uh, like the week before we'll do, like, this is from the previewed Discord channel, which is great. Um, but we will, he'll do like a watch party, like a watch along for whatever movie they're trying to fix, like the week before. And it just, that just reminded me there's that one, that one character in Dungeons and Dragons who's got like metallic blue lipstick the whole movie. With like no explanation, just one dude with metallic blue <laughs> lipstick. Why? We don't know. Why? Don't know. And it's somehow perfect the whole time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never yeah. smudges. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. All yeah. exactly perfect. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sidebar over. Okay. So after you know they lock everybody in. This is when when things kind of start going wrong with the ship. We get like the Jaffa starting to freak out about how they'll die before they reach Delmac. Uh, we get the internal sensors starting to shut down. The hyperdrive shuts down. Basically, all of the systems on the ship are failing. Apophis gives an order and Tilk leaves to like go see what's wrong because he can't get anything back up and running just from that the control mechanism in the Peltac. So gets down to the engine room and it is just crawling with replicators. Yeah. Yay. Ugh. Nah. And, yeah. And like one of them is just like a bunch of them have assembled into this just like huge giant like mother bug in the middle of the room. It's ugh, I don't like it. Yeah, don't like it. it is don't huge. Like it. Yes. So the door to uh, where SG1 are being held slides open a little bit, but nobody comes in. Well, a replicator comes in. So that's not good. And then Jack kind of crawls. Like, yeah, just kind of crawls in and yeah. just kind of like like is looking around, scouting things out. Walks along the wall for a bit. 
It's just, it's cre- I don't like it. I don't like it. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like them. Um, so, do they ever talk about in the commentary of what objects they used for visual reference for the actors to act with? So this thing that's like crawling up the wall. They have like, um, a ball or something. Not here. I remember, um, like back in Small Victories when they're on the Russian sub, they mentioned. I think we talked about it. There's like little red LED lights around the sub, uh, and that's like where the replicators are. So, but they didn't. They didn't mention what they did here hmm. so right. yeah i don't know got it Mm-mm. i don't know yeah i don't know this time but they have talked about it in the past so. yeah um so jack kind of crawls over and like looks you know under the door onto the hall and we just get like a whole bunch of replicators walking by and like they're all different kinds now there's like bigger ones there's littler ones like they're not just that sort of one standard one we've seen in the past they've like evolved i guess and taken on other buggy shapes, which is just makes Other them creepier. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, so the one that's like crawling on the wall kind of lunges towards Daniel and Sam's like, don't worry, it won't attack you unless you feel threatened. But I mean, you, they should still just get out of there. That that kind yep. of doesn't really matter. We They should, they should just go. Uh, so Tilk radios up to Apophis about the replicator problem. Apophis orders him to like destroy them. But Tilk's like, there are too many of them and too few of us. And Pops is like, I don't care. And then kind of just cuts off the radio and grabs a bunch more Jaffa to go and kill the replicators. So they head out into the hall, but are basically stopped at every juncture by those nasty little buggos that are just creepy and gross. And Apophis leaves the Jaffa to try and kill everything, which, you know, doesn't work because their weapons are completely ineffective against the replicators as he, like, locks himself into the Peltac, and, like, as the door shut, you just, like, hear Jaffa yeah, screaming in the hall as they get, like, overrun. Oh, God, yeah, you just see him looking around, and then he just nopes out to another yep. room, and mm-hmm. just, like, hmm, my loyal subjects, you have died well for me. Yeah, <laughs> Is how I'm sure he would have twisted that, yes. instead of just, like, oh, shit, I'm just gonna go over here now. Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so SG-1 have made the way to where their weapons were stored and we see like the hole like in the door from where the replicators got out of and so they head in and Daniel spots the crate with the hole in it and like figures out what happened so now everybody like knows like exactly like where the replicators came from and why they're there and as they gear up they start sort of coming up with a plan and they come to the conclusion the conclusion that like the replicator should have left the cargo ship alone since the mothership is a better technological feast for them. So that ship should, should still be fine to go. But they do also need to, like, go save Tilk. So Jacob and Daniel are going to go get the cargo ship ready to go and, like, keep it safe from the replicators while Sam and Jack go get Tilk. Yay! Tilk is leading several Jaffa through the halls to get the SG-1 weapon because he knows they will be effective on the replicators, like the actual handguns and stuff. And we see Sam and Jack kind of lying in wait a little bit down the hall. Jack tosses one of those gold flash grenades at them. And then they all start firing at each other. And Jack yells for Tilk that, like, they need to go. Every time I see one of those grenades, it just looks like a magic eight ball to me. I, I think it probably is. They haven't oh, talked about, like, the magic eight ball with lights on yeah. it. They do sometimes talk about, like, what the props actually are. But they haven't talked about that one. But, yeah, it is just the exact size and shape. Of a magic eight ball, including that little like flat divot. Yeah. That a magic eight ball has. So yeah. I would not be surprised if it was. Yes. Yep. 
Okay, so this shot is the one I talked about earlier that two shots are like filmed on two different days on two different sound stages where we have the camera like in the cargo bay of the mothership looking out through like a little window that slides open and you see uh, Jacob and Daniel kind of peeking in probably to like get a lay of the land. Like, are there any replicators in the cargo bay or anything? And then you watch them like run around through a door into the cargo ship. So the shot of them in that window was done on a completely different day than them like running into the cargo ship. Oh, and that's funny. the only practical set there is like the, the, for the exterior of the cargo ship is just like the nose cone on the front of the ship. And then like the interior that you can see through the window, everything else in that scene is like a CGI computer graphic effect. Oh man. So. Hey yeah. CGI. Yeah. If they, they, they know what they're doing now. Yeah. Yay. So, um, yeah, so they get on the cargo ship. Everything seems to be, like, in working order. Like, there's no evidence of replicators hanging around anywhere. And Daniel's like, I have a dumb question, but, like, the doors are still closed. <laughs> like, you can't. <laughs> and Jacob's like, About we that. have, Jacob basically says, like, the cargo ship has basically, like, a garage door opener. And Daniel's like, do you want to test it? He's like, no, because I don't want to tip off the replicators about what we're doing. Which, like, I can't. Okay. I, I, I get it, but still, holy crap. Okay. Uh, so in the hall, Sam and Jack are still fighting against Tilk and the other Jaffa, but like Tilk is the only one left at this point. And Tilk is momentarily distracted by a replicator and Jack takes the chance to get the drop on him and uh, shoots him just kind of straight in the chest. But Did you notice Tilk also had a Zat like strapped to his arm. Like that was a fun yeah. fashion accessory. Yeah. I've seen that a few times. I don't know if it's just the first prime that has it, but Ooh. I have noticed it a few times on some Jaffa. So, yeah. You so, know what else I didn't notice? Um, mm-hmm. Do all of the other Jaffa still have the Apophis symbol, or does he have a new one? It's still Apophis. Um, but that that is actually, that is another thing they did mention in there. There were some discussions because Apophis has, like, accumulated the armies of like Sokar and Harewer and probably a couple other Jaffa along the way, like what symbol should they have? But I think they went with just giving everybody the Apophis signal just for clarity, just to keep it simple. And like, these are, these are all Apophis Jaffa. So they all get the Apophis stamp. Just to keep it Apophis. Yeah. So um, we get a quick cut to the Peltac with Apophis where uh, the replicators made it into the room. So good luck to you, Apophis. Sam and Tilk get Sam and Jack get Tilk onto the cargo ship, to which Daniel says he's been shot, and Jack goes, he resisted a little. <laughs> he didn't even try to shoot him like in the leg or anything. He just knocked him right out. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Uh, so they put Tilk into the cargo hold and Jack orders him to be tied up when suddenly the mothership jumps into hyperspace. Uh, which means that they're stuck because they can't open the cargo doors while the ship is traveling in hyperspace. So Safety issues. Yes, very much so. Yes. So they head back out into the hall to figure out, like, what's going on, and they find, like, a little control panel thing off in the little corner, and it seems the replicators have managed to get the hyperdrive back up and running and have also directed the ship to the last coordinates that were input into that ship, which happens to be Delmac. Yay! So uh, they're also going at like 10 times 
the speed the engine could normally travel. No, wait, make that 20. Oh, wait, no, wait, make that 30. And Jacob is like, great, we'll be back in the Milky Way in no time. And Nefeos is like, no, not great. We don't want replicators in the Milky Way. They will take over everything. Mm -hmm. So, okay, can we use the self-destruct? Because they couldn't seem to turn it off on Apophis's big mothership. Uh, unfortunately, no, because they can't get into it from the little side console that they're at. Okay, so let's let let's take a beat, think this through. How did we take care of this problem the last time? They crashed Thor's ship by uh, destroying the deceleration drive that is on Asgard ships. Okay, except Gould ships actually use the sublight engines to slow down after they exit hyperspace, so that means they'd have to destroy the engines. Uh, so C4 could work, but there's a chance that the replicators would just disable the detonator before they're ready to blow it up. So uh, they're just going to have to do it with their P90s at close range and just kind of go to the engine room and wait until they're out of hyperspace. So mm, that's, that that's, yeah, so that, that, that's a really cool plan, but it's kind of the only plan they got. So Jacob's going to go get the cargo ship up and running and like ready to go. The rest of SG-1 are going to head to the engine room, a.k.a. Bug Central, as Daniel calls it, and, like, be prepared to take the engines out. And then they'll have, like, 30 seconds to get back to the cargo bay so that they can get out of the ship before it crashes into the planet. So, yeah, that 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 sounds like it's going to be a fun time. Also, the ship is now going 800 times its usual speed. So, yeah, the replicators apparently really know what they're doing with this kind of thing. You'd wonder uh, if, like, like, yay for fixing the engines, but I'm not entirely sure the ship would have actually been able to take it. I know. I it's like the ship would, would have fallen apart. Yeah. Th there is that whole question of, like, okay, but can the ship, like, just physically travel at that speed? I don't know. I, I don't Good know. TV. Yeah. Um, so they get to the engine room and they also spot, you know, the big nasty mother bug that's there. And Jack's like, let's not wake it up, which good, good idea, Jack. Uh, so Sam kind of like stealthily like walks forward, very gingerly like pulls open the, the appropriate panel uh, that's full of crystals. And they kind of just like stand at the ready. <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, can, can we? And Jack's like, can I shoot it yet? And he's like, no, not yet. Jack, nope. you gotta wait. Not yet. Yep. So the ship drops out of hyperspace. They fire. The crystals go kablooey. Uh, the giant replicator splits up into a bunch of smaller ones. And SG1 hoofed back to the cargo bay as the replicators chase them down. And you say smaller ones, but they are huge. Yeah, they're still pretty, but you know, the I sh oh, maybe I should say the individual bugs rather than the you know Large amalgamated mass of the mother mug, mother bug. Yeah, mother bug. Um, yeah. So, uh, fun fact: somebody on the internet did the math to figure out like how fast they had to be going to get back to Delmac as quickly as they did, and this is all sort of approximate for like wherever Delmac is in the Milky Way because it's a fake planet. So who knows where it exactly is. But uh, so apparently at one point the mothership had to be going at 25.6 million times the speed of light Holy or 175,200 light years per hour. Whew. So that's I'm not entirely it. sure the ship would have stayed in one piece. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not either, but it happened. So I okay. guess, okay, we're going to just go with it. Um, so Jacob gets the cargo bay doors open and he kind of gets the cargo ship in position, sort of like nose out so that like SG-1 can just sort of like run in, hop on board and off they go. Uh, unfortunately, SG-1 are cut off from like every route possible back to the cargo bay and can't get through. So Sam radios to Jacob if he can ring them up from the second floor, which he does, gets them on board, and it is time to go. So they're heading towards the like the cargo bay doors of the mothership, and they start to close. And Jacob doesn't want to say if they'll make it or not this time. I and they make the joke they brought back two or three times yeah. in this episode. Yeah, yeah. they keep yeah. recalling. Yeah, and like they manage to like just like squeak out. Like Indiana Jones does under booby-trapped doors in temples. Yes. And oh, oh, they made it. Okay, yay. They deserve a vacation. That they do very much. Mm. Uh, So up on the Peltac of the mothership, we see Apophis just kind of standing there with his personal shield up as replicators crawl all over it. And the ship is swiftly heading towards Delmac and Apophis just like screams because like what else can you do in that situation? There's another scene that you used in a music video. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, inside the cargo ship, they watch as the ship just crashes into the planet and there's a very big explosion and oh my God, Apophis is finally actually dead. Like there's no way he survived that. No way. Hopefully. He is. Ah. I will say he is dead. Apophis is dead. The only time we ever see him again on the show is in like flashbacks and stuff. So Apophis is dead. And how interesting is that? That it's like, that's how they kick off the new season. No. Yes. Uh, so everything's cool. Jack's going to go check on Tilk and Jacob's like, I know you got his body back, but getting his mind back is going to be a lot harder. And uh, we see Tilk sitting there and, uh, he he has been, he's taken the armor off because for completely practical reasons, Jaffa can't sit down in that armor like the actors because when they do that like collar just like goes up like over their nose. Oh yeah. So that's why you never see Jaffa sit because they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why would they though? If they were sitting, they're not doing their job. Very true. Yes. Uh, so Jack tells Tilk that Apophis is dead, but of course. Tilt does not believe him because gods cannot be killed. The end. So he was shot three times in the chest. And he just was one, like, no, just once. Jack just just one? shot him once. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he landed multiple. No, it's just one. And we see it's kind of like on his right, like low, like just below his collarbone, like on the right side, kind of in that hollow between like your shoulder and your collarbone, kind of in that big muscle group, like the, the top of the peck. If you will, you do see a little like a little hole in like the chain mail and some blood that's yeah. like under the armor. So yeah. I was like, yeah. he's shot and he's just like sitting up. I mean, I know, you know, Junior helps Junior. out, but yeah. he's just like sitting there like meh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing this kind of weird thing. Yeah. I thought okay. he had landed multiple shots on him, like in the chest area. No, it was it was just one shot. So uh, okay. Yeah, but what uh, a way to kick off a season, huh? Yeah, and apparently various uh, word uh, uh, bodies agreed because it was nominated for both a Gemini for Best Visual Effects, which the Geminis okay. are the like the Canadian Emmys, if you will, ish. Huh. 
and also nominated for a primetime Emmy for Outstanding Visual Effects for a Series. They lost both of those, I believe, unfortunately. To Star Trek, hopefully? Probably. Ah. <laughs> so, Star yeah. Star Trek? Probably. Yeah. Um, so, the episode title, Enemies, we have Apophis and we have Replicators. We get two and one. Yeah. Um, a, a, a note I found, uh, according to Joseph Malazzi in a post on his blog, apparently the working title for this episode was Serpent's Hat. Don't ask. I, I, I'm like, I don't, mm, I don't know. What, like ass hat? Maybe, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. But like That's everything, cool. you know, all previous Apophis episodes have had Serpent's something in them. Yeah, so, serpents, you know. Venom, Serpent's. It's, yeah. Foot, serpents, left hand, sir, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Serpent's belt. Bunch of serpent stuff. Yeah. Um, no fun ter- foreign no fun foreign territories. They were all just basically enemies yeah. of some sort. So Well, every language has a name for enemy. Yes. There's really no creative way to get around that one. No, not yeah. this week. Alright. Okay. Well, no, I liked it though. It was very, it was very action packed. It was, and it was very okay. We're done with Apophis. We're going somewhere else. Yeah, you had I a good do, run. Yeah, it's it's been it's been four years. I think it's time for a new big bad. Yep. So we like we kill off the one big bad, and we kind of get the replicators uh, coming into sort of the new big bad, if you will, a little bit, which they'll come back into play later this season, which I enjoy that episode a lot. Yeah. So if Apophis, I mean, if the ship hadn't, you know, crashed into the planet, um, how long do you think Apophis would have been able to last with that personal shield up? I don't know, because I mean, a couple weeks maybe, because, you know, the the symbiote could extend his need for, I think, food and water a little bit, but I don't think that much, you know? So You don't think, you don't think he would have been able to, like, travel like walk throughout the ship safely to get to some sort of escape something oh oh if he would even be able to make it off the ship yeah if it it had crashed but not exploded oh see i was thinking he was still trapped on the ship i don't hmm. yeah like if the ship had not had the oh no it's going to blow up at any point in time Mm Do you think yeah. he would have been able to make it off? Because I, I was trying to wonder, like, is he just standing there because he can't move? Or can he actually, like, walk around with it? No, I think, I mean, I think he can walk around with the shield up. It's just he can't do anything. Like, the controls are completely dead to him. So he's just like, ah! And... see I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, <laughs> meddling kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> S G one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But that yeah, that is one hell of a season opener. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Good good from good good all around. Good visual effects, good story. Good yeah. stuff. This everybody. is what we have in store for season five. I am in it. Me too. Woohoo! All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch and now on discord, check the show notes for the link to that or send us an email at woo. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for threshold, which is still missing from Amazon prime. So check out Pluto TV 
or break out your DVDs. And we'll see you next week. Bye.